I just got stuck in a bogey train. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another week of the bogey train. We switched it up on you this week. Usually Nick does the intro, but I took I took over this week. I am in control. I am in charge. I am the captain now. Uh, Jang's back this week after missing last week. Had a little bit of a, a NFL playoff party I was at. Didn't make it back in time for the show. But it was a great show. You guys did great last week without me. I know I usually carry the podcast. Uh, but it, but I, it was it was almost like a weight was off of our shoulders. Yeah, it, felt, it was weird. Just, you guys just you were able to free yourself up. It felt yeah. like. Yeah. But I'm here. Yeah. Noah's here, uh, and then Nick is here as well. We got the full squad back this week for another episode. How's everyone doing? I'm doing good. It feels it. It feels weird not to be doing the intro, but I don't hate it. You know, I just gotta I just gotta sit back, relax, and just uh wait for you know wait for someone to call me out so i'm just kind of chilling good well boys i'm gonna be honest with you i've definitely been better than i am right now yeah you're sounding a little under the weather here no i've fallen ill a couple days ago is it the is it some allergies or what are you what are you dealing with i think it's a whole swath of a couple things just kind of hitting me all at once um but the schnoz is a little stuffed up right now. Yeah, I suppose down down where you are, it was kind of chilly last week, wasn't it? Didn't you guys get down to like the, the 40s, 50s for a little bit? Yeah, it was, it was cold and winter hot weather, but everything's blooming now. I mean, yeah. literally, like, it's springtime. Yeah, some spring allergy season. It's actually really nice exactly. up here. Uh, Good. We had kind of a cold snap last week. It was negative for quite a bit, but we are... We hit two days in a row with like thirty degree temperatures. So dang, that's everything. So, that's, that's everything relative. is relative. Everything's relative. Noah's talking about how cold it was last week. He's like, "Oh man, it's it's hot weather. It's coat weather. It was what? What is that? Thirties, forties, and now it, it like, it's it's yeah. in the thirties here, and it's like a heat wave." Yeah, I thought I, about I, I could, around with my shirt off. I could golf outside. Oh, dude i I got the bug so bad yesterday, and I walked outside. I'm like, man, it feels so nice out. Dude, I, this is basically, it's a pattern every year. So from the fall on, so probably from about, probably basically just November and December and maybe the first part of January, that's when, you know, NFL football really ramps up. That's sort of like, in terms of the sports world, that's my focus. And, you know, for, for a number of weeks in there, it's like, oh, geez, I, I got a golf podcast but I just really don't care that much about golf right now. But then as soon as we hit about mid-January, like, I, I, I turn a corner. I'm back. I'm, I'm completely back. I'm just, I'm so ready to get back out. And it's February now. March <laughs> is only a month away. And March means generally, who knows how much, with how much snow we already have and may get. But March means golf is close. Yeah, we I got the countdown going on at school. We're about 37 days from golf season starting. Wow. So that that itch is getting strong. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. There is. And then we get to golf for five months, and then it's back to the, the cycle. Boys, let me That's tell a- you, the golf bug is very infectious. 
I took one of my buddies out to the range on Tuesday. And he texts me later that night. He's like, dude, this is the first time really to the range. He's like, dude, we got to go to the range like so much this semester. I want to get like good at golf. I'm like, come on. Like you get it now. You understand. The worst part is that he has you teaching him golf. That's the best part. Talk about the blind leading the blind. Well, I like to think I like to think of myself as more of a sensei and less of a teacher. So, man, I, so so are you teaching anything in terms of mechanics, or is it just like a general general mindset? Oh, I don't teach him anything. I just like oh, put a ball okay. in front of him. Like, just hit okay, it over so there. so so he just goes with you, and you're just hoping he teaches himself, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Maybe that's maybe that's the big brain teacher strategy. It's like I just I'm going to be the best teacher in the world because I'm not going to tell him everything. He's just going to figure it out. And you learn better when you learn it yourself. Exactly, exactly. I just you just let the golf bug do what the golf bug can do. It'll get inside of him and just get him all fired up for golf, and then it's over. It is over at that point. That's true. Uh, where do we start this week? Man, we got we got so much going on. We could Nick, I saw you put out uh either you or Noah put out a poll for some Instagram questions. Did we get any responses there on questions we could uh nothing worth talking about. I'll double check. Actually, I know there was one in there. Uh that's not the account that I usually have it set to, so I know there's one important question in there uh regarding Noah, but there was a question on why Noah is so bad at golf, but yeah, he just left. So I don't know how he'll answer that. Um, oh yeah. He's gone. He just gone. disappeared. Um, the, I mean, yeah, not, not a whole lot in that department for questions that would be worth talking about. There's, there's a lot of trolling, but uh, that's all right. Just thought, just thought we'd, Lovely. we'd spice it up. And uh, I had totally forgot I even put that out there. To be quite you honest. Never forget. Never forget. Uh, I say let's just let's jump into this week's PGA Tour action. Uh, last week, you guys recapped the Farmers. It was a great tournament. You were kind of talking about that final day. Uh, Max Homa coming back, winning that. Uh, and I saw that there was a little bit of a no laying up bump. Uh, they said that they interviewed... John Rahm a couple weeks ago, and then the week they interviewed him, he won. Last week, they interviewed Max Homa. Max Homa goes on to win. I don't know who they interviewed this week. Uh, so, so yeah, I think uh, the dates of the interviews are probably not all the same, but when they do interviews, it comes out on a Wednesday. And so both of those, yeah, this year, the John Rahm and then Max Homa, the Wednesday that those interviews came out, that weekend, they ended up winning. Um their most recent interview was Will Zalatoris. And uh, how's that I don't looking think, for him? I don't, I don't think he played this week. I'm guessing. So he, he's still, I mean, he didn't lose. Well, what happens if they put out an interview of someone else? So what if, you, you know what I mean? So if Will Zalatoris wasn't in the field this week, which I should probably know that, I'm assuming he wasn't. And... But then, if they interview someone else who's also playing in the in the uh, Phoenix Open next week, so then there's two guys who are in their nearest event after a no laying up interview debuts. Then, then what do we have? 
We have chaos. We do have a lot of chaos. Golf is just chaos right now. So, okay, yeah. PGA Tour, I think we recapped. Was there, did you have any thoughts on last week? I know you, um, I mean, going all the way back to the farmers, I, I thought we did an all right job. Yeah, you guys did great. Uh, there was definitely some things in there. I don't even remember what they were, but when I was listening back, I was just like, yeah, Noah's kind of an idiot. Like some of the things he was saying, I really wanted well, to be able to refute, but I couldn't. That's pretty debatable, though. So, and so. I didn't list those down, so uh, we're just going to call it a spade a spade, and we'll move on. Sure. Uh, all right, so this week, I will uh, have to confess, I, I mean, I saw a leaderboard a little while ago uh, as of the end of the third round because it's delayed, yes. so the event is not done yet. But uh, I don't know. This event never really does it for me. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't get excited to watch the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. What about yeah, you guys? It's almost kind of comparable to uh, the the tournament that they have, the Dunhill Links, where, like, it's at a sick course. It's at St. Andrews, you know, and people love when the Open's at St. Andrews, but I, could, I couldn't care any less about the Dunhill Links, and I just could not care any less about this tournament this week either. So it's uh, Pebble Beach, obviously, and Monterey Peninsula. Then the third one is... Is it Spyglass. Cypress or Spyglass? Spy, Spyglass. Spyglass. Yep. They they've played it at Cypress in the past. I believe yes. so. Yes. Um. But so it's Spyglass right now. That's the third course. Um. So there was they suspended the third round. No. Was it the second round? They suspended the third round yesterday due to high winds. Um. Which those I didn't are watch some crazy winds. Yeah, so I've been hearing things uh, from sort of both sides. So obviously seeing Jordan Spieth hit a 7-iron on the 100-yard 7th hole definitely suggests the winds were very, very strong. I've seen some comments from people that were there. Now maybe they were at a different course because this was someone who was uh, watching Justin Rose play over at Monterey Peninsula. And this person said the winds weren't more than like 20 miles an hour, which you would think wouldn't necessarily uh, result in play getting suspended. But it's really interesting because it looks like Justin Rose and uh, he was, he was doing some uh, complaining about, about the conditions yesterday. And uh, so the version of it that I heard is that he was, he was on the ninth hole at Monterey Peninsula. It was like straight into the wind or something. He hit his approach shot to like 15 feet. So good shot. One of the amateurs hit a bunker shot that landed on the green and spun back like all the way off the green or something happened. And then he was talking to officials saying that conditions were not good enough to be playing. He requested that they would water the green and they did, but it apparently wasn't to his liking. And he was still talking with officials. And then supposedly five minutes later, they blew the horn. So, yeah, I know I saw some videos earlier in the week. Um, this wasn't even yesterday. This was like Friday or Thursday. Uh, one of the amateurs, it might have been Jake Owen. I don't remember who it was, but like hidden approach shot. Uh, or it was a, 
a chip shot, greenside shot, rolled up onto the green. It was like probably 10 feet away. Uh, sits there for like four or five seconds. And then like a gust comes up, blows the ball completely off the green, like back right down to his feet. Almost. It was, there's been some crazy winds there, uh, this week. And they've had some pretty terrible weather lately. I saw one of the courses in that area earlier this year was completely flooded. Uh, that might've been Cyprus. I think that was, Oh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I think that was uh Monterey Peninsula. Was it Monterey? Mm-hmm. But but I I don't I wasn't I don't know if I felt that that was uh worth explaining that whole Justin Rose situation, but then uh looking at the leaderboard seeing that Justin Rose is in the lead. It's just sort of a hmm. Yeah. Hmm situation. Now that there's not can, a not a big list of big names in the field this week. Uh, you guys kind of talked about last week how Torrey Pines had a pretty, you know, solid field. Because um, it is a, a designated event, isn't it? Torrey? Or is it not this year? Uh, nope. Nope. But this not. this tournament, it just there's nobody in the field. I mean, you've got Justin Rose, Victor Hovland. Spieth. Spieth, and then after that, it's like Harry Higgs, Kevin Kisner, uh, Joel Damon. Those are kind of the the big guys that are in the field besides Harry that. Higgs is a big guy. He is a big guy. Uh, there was one big name I saw in the field. He missed the cut. He was actually in last place. Uh, Tommy Ganey. I didn't know he was oh back playing gosh. professional golf, but. What's worse, Tommy Ganey getting a spot in this event or Paul Goidos getting a spot in the 3M last year? Like what? I don't. Which, I don't which know of those facts? Which of those facts says like something about the quality of the tournament? Oh, Matthew Fitzpatrick was in the field this week too. Got to give him a shout out. Oh yeah, geez, how can we? Forget and about Lucas Glover, but he missed the cut. So uh, sorry, Lucas Glover. Prayers for Lucas yeah. Glover. Prayers for him. Uh, hopefully, he's all right. Yeah, I mean. I, I don't care about this tournament. This leaderboard is dog water. I do you, do you think that if it wasn't a pro am, would that make it better? I think it would. See, I don't know how I feel about that because obviously for the amateurs that are in the field, it's a super fun event and a cool experience, and especially to be able to play at a course like Pebble. But at the same time. If you have a tour stop every year at a course like Pebble, it seems like it doesn't do it justice to have that event be a pro am. Yeah. Cuz honestly, like the pro am part of it is probably part of why I dislike this event. Yeah, I think that's why I don't like it. It's like I, I don't really want to watch those guys play Pebble. I want to watch the pros play Pebble. Well, like, and it's like on the coverage, yeah. how much do you actually see the ams? Like I don't well, think I've don't. ever watched it, but <laughs> yes, yeah, so we don't know, but it's just like it's just like the American Express, like that event a few weeks ago. That was a pro am. They play it on three different courses. That might be part of it too. Like it, I I get why they do it. They're great courses, but I just like those events that like for the first three rounds, all the players are on different courses, and so then 
you know, whenever the players are on the courses that aren't Pebble Beach, the coverage, there's very little coverage over there on those courses. And I don't know, just the the events like that that are played on three different courses and the pro-ams, like I just, I just don't really get into them. Yeah. Like if I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it if they just, maybe this, like this event, they could just keep it like it is, but just rotate which course they play at. <clears throat> but I guess yeah. you can't do that. You can't do that when you have that many amateurs in the field. That's yeah. why you have to play it on different courses. It would be sick to be an amateur though. Yeah. Like that's the flip side to it. Especially speaking of, um, a lot of um I don't know if allegations is too strong of a word, but suspicions that Aaron Rodgers was severely sandbagging, uh, considering his pro was like two over or something, and as a team they were like twenty five under. So I, I don't trust that Aaron Rodgers guy, so who knows? Def, definitely some some suspicions in regards to uh, the, what's the word, legitimacy or genuineness of Aaron Rodgers' handicap that he is playing off of for this event. He, uh, he did win the event, so I guess shout out to Aaron Rodgers. I hope you retire from football, um, mainly because I just hate you. But I hope he gets to celebrate with his family after this win. Yeah. I saw an Aaron Rodgers stat yesterday where they compared it they compared him to Big Ben and Big Ben was like a little bit better in every single category. And Big Ben is quite honestly one of the most overrated quarterbacks ever. Ben's a beast, though. I love Big Ben. I, I honestly think he was carried by good teams. I you, you I can't tackle him. I never got the hype for Big Ben. He's a big guy. But maybe it's just because I'm younger, and a lot of what I saw was towards the end of his career. But I don't think I don't think I'd be alone in that opinion. Uh, anything else on the Pebble Beach event? Um, I sent you this earlier, Nick. I've got some beef. I now have a hit list. I shouldn't call it a hit list, but I have a list out on golfers. Uh, from here on out for the rest of my life and these golfers' careers, I will never cheer for these golfers ever again. Uh, because they withdrew from the tournament because of the weather delay and they were just so far out of it that they didn't care. Uh, so from here on out, Dylan Fratelli, Brian Gay, Doug Gim, Will Gordon, Bill Haas, Nate Lashley, Trey Mullinax, Kyle Stanley, and Carson Young are on my no-fly list. Uh, I do not support them. They can't, you know, they can't play the third round for their amateur partner. Bunch of selfish, self-centered touring professionals, right there. Those are Which those are shame because those are some like, strong words. I like Dylan Fertelli. I mean, with See, sleeves Dylan, and the, Dylan Fertelli. I. His social media presence is by far, in a way, the most annoying on on the PGA Tour. For, yeah, like, I don't follow if you, social if, media. If you follow golf accounts on Instagram, he comments on every post everywhere. And he's so annoying. Like, the other day, I saw some golf account. I don't know which one. Um, there was a... There, there was a video that looked like it was from a security camera in some dude's simulator room. And there was like a 
some simulator dudes were playing uh, golf and it was some sort of competition. They're on a par three. This dude hits his tee shot and everyone's watching it. It's obvious it's getting close to the hole. And then everyone's like getting out of their chairs. It drops. Everyone goes nuts. And they happen to have it on video because of the security camera. And so, you know, everyone's freaking out. And it's just like, how cool is this video? Like, you know, the ball falls in and all the, you know, all the boys there are just, you know, celebrating. And then Dylan Fratelli has the nerve to just go on there and comment. Uh, did anyone tell him yet that's not a real hole in one? Yeah. Here's, it's here's like, what you, here's the answer, Dylan. Who gives a flying dog's behind if it's a hole in one or not? This is a bunch of guys in a simulator having some fun, probably had a few brews. They're just chilling out, doing guy time. I mean, who cares? When Nick and I play PGA Tour 2K23 and he makes a hole-in-one in in a second hole, does it count as a real hole-in-one? No. Do we still freak out because it's cool as heck? Yeah. Honestly, it makes me wish we would have celebrated harder when I got my simulator ace over Christmas. Yeah, like that was just sick. I don't care if it counts or not. It was just cool to look at. And so then immediately I had to go to the replies to Fratelli's comment because <laughs> some of them were along the lines of, so his original comment was, uh, who's going to tell him or is someone going to tell him it's not a real hole in one or <laughs> some of the people, did anyone tell you yet that you're the most annoying golfer on social media or <laughs> anyone tell you yet that you're supposed to make the cut or <laughs> so you must just be trying too hard for the, uh, the pip. Yeah. So, uh, and I did have another thought. So also, I just wanted to say on those withdrawals. So I get what you're saying about like playing with an amateur and like, you don't, you know, you don't want to just leave them out, you know, leave them hanging for the last round. There is one thing though. So some of those guys are signed up for, um, a Monday qualifier for an upcoming event. So like next week, I don't know if it's waste management. I don't know if it's corn Ferry event, but some of those guys are signed up for the Monday qualifier. And so since this event is going into Monday and they're, you know, way out of the lead or whatever, they decided to just withdraw and then try to do the Monday qualifier for the next week. So that adds just a, just a little bit of nuance. It's like, okay, they had this Monday qualifier They're I mean, clearly if they're guys that are doing Monday qualifiers, they're not, you know, they're not on, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stable status on tour. So they sort of just made a business decision to. I do have two words that I would reply to that, but this is a clean podcast, so I'm not going to say them. But you can probably guess one of the words uh, rhymes with fire truck. And the second word is um. Okay. So you can fill in the blanks. Uh, my second question is. You know, these three courses, everyone talks about Pebble Beach of these three courses. Uh, I might be in the unpopular opinion here that I don't think Pebble Beach is the best course in this event. Um, I wanted to raise the, the discussion to you guys. If you had these three courses, you got Monterey Peninsula, Pebble Beach, Spyglass Hill. You keep one. Uh, and then the other two just fall into the Pacific Ocean forever. Uh, which course are you keeping? And oh, my answer is Spyglass Hill. 
I think Spyglass Hill is a much sicker golf course than Pebble Beach. Uh, the views are definitely not as nice, but I think the course itself is much better. Uh, I think it's a lot more challenging, a lot more fun, like to actually watch on Spyglass Hill. Uh, I would definitely love to see that course more than just see Pebble Beach. I, f- I, I feel like Pebble that- Beach is just overhyped because, you know, I, I don't see the the appeal to Pebble Beach as a course. What? I, I just don't. Like, besides the 7th okay, and the 8th, okay. like having you sick took views, it a little too far, man. I, I don't what? see the appeal to it. Okay, that's, that's, so here's the that's thing. Not even, that's not even a question. Like, you, I would take Pebble Beach over... I mean, like maybe Augusta National will be the only one, or St Andrews. Wait, like, wait, 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 wait. It's Seriously? I'm keeping Pe- I'm keeping Pebble over almost all courses out there. Okay, so you guys are almost are like on complete opposite sides of this spectrum. Yeah, so here's Spyglass the thing. is cool, I don't, but I don't know enough about. Honestly, I should be more familiar with Spyglass in Monterey Peninsula, um, but. Or even Cypress Point, but frankly, I'm not, so I can't really weigh in on on those courses. I will say about Pebble, there are a few iconic holes, but there's also some really like, like hole eleven. What is that? Why there are like, what a, there are a lot of hole eleven holes is, on that golf course. Hole eleven, par five, Dogwood right, or par four? No, hole eleven's par four, straight away, kind of uphill, <clears throat> kind of uphill. Yep. You're coming back. Um, yeah. I don't. I mean, hole nine and hole ten are like the same hole, twice in a row. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of, but like I've got the map up right now. Hole one, whatever. Hole two's cool because you have the barranca in front of the green. I can't even think of hole three. Or that's the one where oh, you that's the dog leg the left. Yeah. That's the dog leg left. That's a stupid hole. Four is a stupid hole. Nah. Okay, here's the thing. Go back and watch the 2010 U.S. Open. The 2010 U.S. Open at Pebble, like, that's the, that's the way I like Pebble Beach set up. I don't, like, Pebble Beach for this event every year and, you know, kind of the way it was set up for the 2019 U.S. Open. I know, you know, sometimes with the weather, it's, they can't really control it. But Pebble Beach U.S. Open set up in 2010 was awesome. But for this event every year and the way it was set up in 20, uh, 2019 for the U.S. Open, I don't know. I just I, – I think I agree with you more than I agree with Noah. Like there's so many other courses I would rather watch I think play. I think the only cool holes at Pebble Beach are 6, 7, 8, 14, 18. I'll throw five in there as an honorable mention. I like four better than five. See, I, I've I think five is just a cool par three. Uh, Wait, did you, so you didn't? Did you include seventeen? No, you don't. I would include seventeen. I I I don't like seventeen that much. Hmm. If they replace seventeen at Pebble Beach with seventeen at Harbor Town, I'd like the hole a lot more. Dude, what do you? What is so great about Spyglass though? There's like four it's cool just holes it's challenging. The I mean. The bacon strip green on hole four is just sweet. That's it's like stupid. two. It's that's like stupid. two through five. That's it. Is like cool out there. The the back nine, how you start getting up into the the forest. You're playing through the trees. Eighteen is tight. 
as all heck. I again clean podcast, so I wouldn't use the reference. Yeah, but but eighteen at Pebble is like just one of the greatest finishing holes of all time. That well, you true. hit it out. You hit it out in the fairway, miss the tree. You lay up, put it on the green, and make birdie. Big whoop. Uh, I mean, a you, lot of people you can go have for that a, green. You can have that opinion about it, but it's objectively one of the greatest eighteen holes of all time. And I did say that's this cool hole. I put it on my list of cool holes. Everything else on the course is just it's boring. I, I don't know how I feel about the middle of the fairway tree on eighteen. I hate all middle of the fairway trees. Generally, I tend toward that opinion, but I don't know. Like, if I'm going to bomb a drive 315 down the middle, like dead down the middle of the fairway, and you're going to tell me I'm going to be blocked out by a stupid flipping tree right my way? Well, buddy, biggest Boy Scouts of all time. Buddy, buddy, you can see the tree. It's not like I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. Like, just the fact that if you Lay hit back. a perfect drive down the middle of the fairway, you should not be blocked out by a freaking tree. All right, here, here's maybe a hot take. I think that even though I haven't seen people play Cypress that much, I know a lot about the course, I would rather keep Cypress than Pebble Beach. Well, that wasn't the argument. But, the argument but, but was that, the but three yeah, that, that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't that one of them yeah. that they're playing this week. week. Sure, yeah. I think Monterey Peninsula is, like, the lamest of the three. I think of the courses they play on tour, I think that Cypress or Spyglass Hill is the best California course they play on tour every year. A yearly tour stop. Not including, like, major courses like... Um, which, which course? Spyglass Hill. Okay. I mean, it's better than Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines is kind of boring. Yeah, Torrey Pines you know, is not I'm, much, I'm, much I'm overrated. Somewhat, I'm, I'm kind of sick of the California courses like, that they play regularly. What's the one that they play for the Amex? PGA West or whatever? Or PGA Net? Like, that course yeah. sucks. Eh, it's okay. I. Yeah. I'm really excited to see LA Country Club for this yes. US Open, though. And uh, what's... Well, I guess... Throw, I mean, Riviera too. Riviera sucks. See, Riviera's here's another course. I that's strong words for one of the most iconic courses in the country. But I, I tend to agree. I don't get the whole Riviera thing. It's just a I, stupid course. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but Riviera doesn't. I just look at that course and think, I don't think I would have a fun time playing there. And that's not just because, you know, some people might think, oh, well, it's a hard course. You're just saying that because it's hard. There's plenty of super difficult tracks I would love to play. But Riviera is just not one of them. Also, I'm going to make the argument that this tournament ruins Pebble Beach for me. Like... Pebble Beach, which is just this illustrious major venue, like some memorable U.S. Opens there. I and then you have this freaking goofy golf tournament there every single year. It just gets so annoying. I would second that. No, I agree with that, yeah. It's, it's, it, should, it, should be, it should be the course that hosts the occasional U.S. Open and U.S. Amateur. Like, I wonder if that's how people in, like, Britain or Scotland feel about uh, the Dunhill Links and St. I Andrews. Bet they, um, that actually would be interesting. My guess is they don't feel that way, but... I don't know. I mean, San Andrews is also the home of golf. 
Uh, speaking of St. Andrews, did you see the uh, <laughs> the, the patio? The, the, yeah, the stone <laughs> patio they put next to the bridge. It's so dumb. They, Who cares uh, if you can't grow grass there? The the club released a statement uh, as to why they did that, but it was like basically a full page long, and I got about three sentences in, and it was basically one of those. I'm sorry to hear that, or I'm happy for you, but I ain't reading all that. Yeah, it was was it had something to do with the fact that they were like upset they couldn't grow any grass there or something like that. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, so walks over because that exact it, spot because it gets trampled. So but, then, for periods of the year, then we have to we have to rope it off to let it grow back, and it's like one who hits their flipping tee shot there. That's like a hundred yards off the tee. Two Just lay it up. It looks so cringy. Like, imagine if you're watching bad. Tiger's send-off last year, and he's walking what? over the Swilkin Bridge, and you can just see the back patio, and Grandpa Galen's having a cookout there with all his buddies. So here's what I don't get. Everyone is walking to that patio anyway. So what's the difference? Like you might that, as well just build the, the grass a around path. it. I don't know. The, the grass around it is getting trampled anyway. So why does it matter if it's right next to the bridge or like ten yards from the bridge? It's gonna it's getting foot traffic no matter what. Yeah, are they gonna build a patio on every other single bridge that's there? Like that's like imagine if they just build one uh on Hogan's bridge at Augusta. I was I was just gonna say I saw some funny renderings of that. That's like, that'd be like putting like, a fire pit next to the, And they next have to don't Ho- they have like the turf Hogan going bridge. over the bridge anyway, so it'd be like an astroturf circle. Like, dude. It just it looks dumb. Uh moving I on. I don't disagree. Moving on. Should we uh, talk DP- about the Saudi International? That's uh I was gonna go DP World Tour and Saudi International, yeah. Okay, so I don't even know what the DP World Tour event was this week. Isn't it the Saudi International, or is that not? No, that's an Asian Tour event now. Oh, oh well, DP World Tour, Rory won last week. Uh, Yes, actually, yeah, he won after we recorded. Yep. Yep. Um, Uh, So shout out Rory. Uh, Big win. Patrick uh, Reed. Patrick Reed put on. He did. He made a huge run. Uh, But Rory ended up. He ended up. uh, Rory birdied the last hole. He made like a. 15, 20 footer on the last Patrick hole Reed to beat Reed by one. Cheater and a fraud. Okay, so yeah, you weren't on last week. Let's just you should just sound off on on the Patrick Reed deal. I mean, can they not use? I thought that that was a thing. Now, if that there was virtu- like visual evidence of a rules controversy that they could radio down and be like, "Hey, we have evidence that it went into okay. this tree, not this tree." Quick recap for those listening that may not have listened last week. So this was in the Dubai Desert Classic last week on the DP World Tour. Pretty good field. Rory was in the field. Some other uh, big names and a lot of live boys. Uh, Patrick Reed was in the field. So the third round, 17th hole, misses his tee shot to the right. There's a group of three palm trees that are somewhat close together. And he ends up identifying so using binoculars with the rules official identifying his ball with 100% certainty in so the ball never came down from the from the palm trees it it landed up in um, near the top of the tree and never came down and so they were looking in the tree that was closest to the green 
he was looking through the binoculars, identified his ball with 100% certainty, so then he could drop and take it unplayable rather than having to take a lost ball and go back to the tee. Well, the video ended up showing that the ball landed in, of the three trees, the farthest one from the green, so the closest one to the tee box. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, Patrick Reed, there was no way from the tee he would have been able to know which tree. But the problem is he identified his golf ball with supposed 100% certainty when it is now a clear and obvious fact that his ball was not in that tree. So, well, and how can you identify a golf ball when it's sitting in a palm tree? I don't like, he's got binoculars. He's looking up at it. How can you see that that is your golf ball? Like, yeah, you can say the markings are the same, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What are the chances somebody else marks their ball the same way? Well, like, unless you put in big fat letters, this ball belongs to a cheating douchebag, there's no way that you know that that's your golf ball. I heard that's his mark, actually. So, so when he was explaining his mark, like when he was in the process of identifying his ball, he said, yeah, there's that arrow on the ball, like I put on the ball, um, you know, he was explaining like his marking as an arrow, but then there was like pictures that came out from that same week. So the marking on his ball was basically nothing more than just like a line over the, the logo on the side of the ball. So the marking that he identified as 100% his, it's like, oh yeah, that's the arrow that I draw on the ball. It's basically just a stencil line. This guy's like a, a fraud. A, so... Yeah, it was he, he 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 definitely lied. He definitely cheated. And uh was there anything else to I, I have no idea what happened on the DP World Tour this week. I'm not talking about that uh, event. Yeah. What, wherever um, it was the the rack championship or something. The rack. Uh I don't know. But um, so should we talk? Should we talk Saudi or Saudi? Let's talk Saudi first. Let's talk Saudi first. Or, or should we go into Patrick Reed? We'll go into the Saudi. Let's talk Saudi first. Okay. So the Saudi International is now an Asian tour event rather than a DP World Tour event, probably because of it's it's sponsored by the PIF. It's the PIF Saudi International. And so the ties with Liv are obvious. And Liv, I think, owns the Asian tour now. So it just makes sense for it to be an Asian yeah, tour isn't it like the, event. Oh, it is the Asian tour that they own. I know they had the MENA tour. That was the one that they, that was the one that they tried to co-opt like to get world ranking points. Yeah, It was like, Oh, live events are actually just Mina tour events. No, the Asian tour is the one that they actually, I think own because there is a certain amount of like live spots that can be qualified for through the Asian tour or something. I don't, but didn't Abe, uh, Abraham Answer win? Abraham Answer won. Uh, I tried to pull up the leaderboard, but it's just impossible to find the leaderboard to this tournament. Seriously? Uh, yeah. I guess, like, I guess it's probably not on the Golf Channel website, is it? No. You just you have to jump through so many hoops to find this thing. Uh, oh, I might have just found it. It is on Golf Channel. Oh. <laughs> Weird. Uh, Abe Answer won. Uh, Cameron Young was in second. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of live guys towards the top, obviously, because all the live guys are pretty much playing in this event this week. Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch. I don't care. Phil missed the cut. This dude is so washed. 
uh, his comment was that last week? Did you talk about it on the show, or was it uh, one that I want to talk about this week? But he made this comment like, you know, live golf is so much harder. I haven't won an event. Blah, I think blah. we talked. Yeah, we talked about that. No, one. here's the issue, Phil. You're 52 years old and you're washed. You're not that good at golf anymore. Uh, he had this statement this week, like, oh, there should be a live versus someone tweeted. There should be a live versus PJ tour Ryder cup. And he's like, oh, we'd wax them. Yeah. And Phil, you versus tiger on Sunday singles. Even if tiger's on one leg, you are getting absolutely thrown off the face of the earth. But Hey, he might hit it three fifty. He's not good at golf anymore. He looks like he just like got done with chemo. He lost so much weight. He just looks gaunt and ghastly. And I mean, I'm going to sound off on Fillmore in a little bit, but he missed the cut. So it's obvious he's just trying to get a reaction out of it. There's no way he actually thinks. I mean, I can't even imagine he actually thinks winning a live event is harder than winning on the PGA Tour. He's he, just saying these things to get reactions. And um, what else was I going to say? Oh, and like the live versus PGA Ryder Cup thing. I, he, I just, I refuse to believe he actually believes that. He's just trying to. Oh, yeah. He has gone from being like a, a fun social media follow to every single tweet of his I see just makes me hate him more and more. Like when he won the 2021 uh, PGA, that was sick. I was so excited because. You know, it's Phil Mickelson. He hadn't won a major in a while. He hadn't been playing good golf for a long time. And then he goes out and he wins the PGA. And that was just, it was a cool moment. I was so excited. And like, this just isn't the same Phil that I I rooted for that year that people loved years prior. Like Phil has turned into a kind of a a D-bag since he's left the PGA Tour. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, also still terrible at golf, missed the cut this week. Um, but I did hear you say there's a bunch of live guys at the top of the leaderboard, right? Yeah. So, interesting. Okay. That's an answer. So, Cameron uh, Young, okay, quick aside, what did you think of Cameron Young going to play this event and the, the tour granting his request to get a release to go play in this event? Him that's, and Lucas Herbert, and there was one more. I forget who. That's I don't remember who the other one was either. But that's kind of it's kind of fun. Champ? Um, I'm looking at the leaderboard. Cam Champ sounds right. That sounds right to me. Um, but two of the three people that they granted the release to finished in the top three. Cam Young and Lucas Herbert finished second no, and third. Luke, Oh, okay. Yeah. So going back to Phil's point, the PJ Tour is just dominating live golf. Uh, Mito finished T6. Isn't Andy Ogletree a live guy? He finished ninth. He was. He played in the first uh, live event, and so then the PJ Tour banned him from the Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. So now he just sort of finds places to play. I don't think he's actually on live anymore. Nick's guy, uh, Shubankar Sharma, T12. Love that guy. Uh, here's a name I love. Henny Duplessis. Is uh, he still a live guy? I don't know. Was I don't know he, he was. Yeah, he was. I think he got second at the first event. Yeah, T25. Shout out to him. Um, oh, Cam Champ was in the field. He finished T35. 
Okay, so I think those were the three then. Yeah. So, um, listen, I get why the tour granted them, just because it probably saving face and for the antitrust allegations and things like that. But I, I don't know. Uh, it's, and it's the Pebble it's Beach Pro-Am. Like, yeah. You, you also, can... I think part of granting the release was that these guys have to play Pebble Beach the next three years. Could be a big part of it. And I mean, they're coming back next week, and I'm assuming they're all going to play in the waste management because that's an elevated. Uh, yep. So, yeah, that was a a great tournament that so, is over. And shout out uh, Abraham Answer. Apparently, he's still decent at golf, but who would have known? Because he's not playing real events. Abe Answer. <laughs> Abe Answer. Um. So, did you want to get into Patrick Reed more? I know. Yeah, Noah, do you have any statement? Do you have anything to say? I just sort of flamed live, so I just right. have it. I, I, like sure, uh, no, I think the live golfers speak for themselves. Oh, they do a lot of speaking. <laughs> that is true. Usually, not their game, but well, it's just weird to me that there's a lot of live golfers at the top of the field right now. There's also the, one of that's because one that talks the most ish, and he missed the cut. That's because yeah, well, Phil's kind of that's, that's because that field was live golfers and Asian tour players. It sort of well, makes sense know, that there's going to be some live guys at the top. We know live is better than the Asian tour. Then it'd be like if live co-opted the South Dakota men's amateur, and it's like, oh my gosh, Abraham Answer and <clears throat> Matthew Wolf were near the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, well, live, it would verify that they're better than the South Dakota players. Then, so well, yeah, so I, I would, I would, I would hope that they're better than the average Asian tour player. So yeah. Phil this week, he continued breaking the internet. Um, there was a tweet. There was the live versus PGA tour Ryder cup thing. Danny Woodhead responds. I'm here for it. Like it would break the internet. Phil's first tweet was, it sounds great, but we would dominate them so soundly and it would be over so quick that TV would have to fill an hour of dead time. Uh, to which he just continues. I'm looking at all his replies. And he just continues. He said, someone's like, Liv has six of the top 100 players. And he's like, that's a good one, probably because the head of golf's governing bodies run the OWGR, blah, blah, blah. Uh, which, again, makes me hate Phil because I'm so sick of this OWGR debate. Like, yeah, it's Phil trying to pretend that, like, he's the rules the are the rules. You're, you're garbage. Um, and just continues complaining about everything, which all live golfers do. Just complain about OWGR, complain you can't play in the PGA Tour, uh, and then you go play your amateur events with 48 people in the field, of which, like, 15 of them have never played a PGA Tour event, I don't think. so. It's basically, like, they take all this money to go play events that don't have world golf ranking points it's almost like it's sort of what the money was for is like offsetting you know some of those negative aspects and then they go play these events and then they slide down the world rankings and then it's like the pikachu meme when they're just like completely shocked that this yeah. has happened to them like i don't understand you've signed contracts making multi-million dollars a year just be happy embrace that you're playing in an like a an exhibition tour that is just meant to be fun <laughs> Or and move on, or like the Eric, uh, what's that guy's <clears> name? <throat> Eric Andre. Eric Andre. That meme when he like shoots the guy and he's and 
it could be like live golfers and then they're sliding world ranking points. And then it's like, why would the governing bodies do this to us? <laughs> you yeah. know, any comment, Noah? It sounds like these guys are just fighting for themselves. And, you know, they're some of the best golfers in the world. So I can get behind it. All right. Should we move on to Patrick Reed? Because we've got a, a couple other things in live news, too. Yeah. So, uh, all right. One question before we move on. Um, I, I heard this on a podcast earlier this week. If there was going to be one live golf player that wins a major this year, who's it going to be? Like, who's going to be the guy for Liv that's like makes them a relevant tour that just goes out and wins a major? It would be Cam Smith. I don't think anyone else on Liv, maybe DJ. I don't, I don't think anyone else really has a chance. I think Brooks is far beyond his. Brooks his can prove me wrong, but. Um, Phil's obviously dog doo doo. Half the other guys can't even play in the majors. I don't know. Pat Perez is getting it done this year, so yeah. Oh, he's gonna lower it down to seventy-eight in the final round instead of yeah. eighty-four. There's no yeah, way dude. Pat Perez is even exempt into the majors this you year. You never know. No chance. Wait, this is funny. I'm looking up top live golf players, and Tiger Woods, fifteenth on the list. This oh, list that so that must be Tiger Wood. Oh yes. Oh, it is Tiger Wood. It's yeah. his twin brother. My bad. <laughs> All right, Patrick Reed. Okay, uh, he released so a statement guys, last week. Did you guys see this statement? I saw. I didn't read it. I just saw that it was in the text message. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, he saw all the controversy around the rules thing. Noah, did you see this? No. So on his social media, for those that aren't blocked, um, which is not that many people. So this is how he released his statement. It was just like a screenshot of an iMessage. Okay. So the caption said, this is my statement regarding the Dubai Desert Classic, exclamation point. Maybe it's time we get back to playing some golf, exclamation point. Best wishes. And the statement says, some people love controversy, but what happened on the 17th hole at the Dubai Desert Classic was a non-issue. As the DP World Tour confirmed, I was not asked to identify the tree my ball struck. That was done by the shot link volunteers and several marshals. I was asked to describe the distinctive markings on the ball I was playing. I am looking forward to this week's Asian Tour flagship event at Royal Greens. There are so many things going on here. So, first of all, he says this was done by the shot link volunteers. The DP World Tour does not have shot link, does it? Isn't that like proprietary PGA Tour software? Jenks? I don't know. I don't know. I'm almost certain the DP World Tour does not have shot link. Um, and then at the end, I'm looking forward to playing this week's Asian Tour flagship event at Royal Greens. So this has never been an Asian Tour event ever. Now it's the flagship event on the Asian Tour. And if he's going to, wouldn't it just be easier to say the Saudi international? Why would he go to all the trouble? Like the Asian tour flagship event at Royal greens. What a weird way to describe the Saudi international presented by the PIF. Um, and this, this entire thing was just 
a massive deflection. He said, as the, as the tour confirmed, I was not asked to identify the tree my ball struck. I was asked to describe the distinctive markings on the ball I was playing. That, That's just incredibly dumb because like that, to that find your ball, like, completely you tree evades the question. So first, <laughs> you're not asked to describe the distinctive markings on the ball you're playing. You're asked to identify your golf <clears throat> Find your ball. Exactly. And sure, they didn't ask him, okay, you have to tell us which tree your ball is in or which tree your ball hit. But it sort of goes without saying when you're asked to, with 100% certainty, identify your ball. And when you're looking in the tree that your ball is 100% not in, but yet somehow still identifying your ball, I think it's still relevant yeah, it's like a pretty important part of finding where your ball is. An absolutely ridiculous statement that honestly made him look even worse. Why Why did he feel the need for the statement? Just digging a grave. He has to know what people are objecting to here. And this just purposely evades everything people are objecting to. So, Jengs, you want to tee off on Patrick Reed for this statement? I'm trying to research if they have shot link in the DP World Tour, and I, man, I don't know, I don't know, dude. This I hate this guy. I've hated this guy his entire career. Uh, I liked him for a little bit because uh, he did a foreplay interview and he was kind of funny, uh, and then he went back to live and more controversy struck, and I've just hated him more. And uh, his wife is just as bad. Uh, shout out at use golf facts on Twitter. <laughs> um, also, she's apparently part of the media now that she does interviews uh, during post round pressers. Lady J. Got it. I hate this guy. Well, it's like, as soon as you think you can't dislike him anymore, he's just he, like, no, he's like, I got, I got more. He's like, like that the, Vince Carter meme. I got one more in me. He's a, uh, He's like the the infomercials that come on at like 4 p.m. on uh, QVC, where it's like the you're telling you about or all the, the CW the stuff, the stuff that it has. You know, this has 30 different option styles, but wait, there's more. And then Patrick Reed just finds more and more and more uh, to actually make him. Like, he's got to be at bedrock at some point. He's dug such a deep grave for himself. The prop, I just, it's honestly hilarious that he thought the statement was necessary. Who was the statement for? There's no way there's a single person that thought he did something wrong and then read this statement and was like, you know what? That's true. Like, he makes a good point. I, I, I think he vindicated himself here. I want to know, who's he, who did he send this text to? I want to know that too. Or did like Greg Norman send it and just screenshot it and send the screenshot to Patrick Reed? Who knows if Patrick Reed even sent it? Yeah, it's it's such a weird thing. I just, I couldn't believe that there was a statement and then that was the statement. Has he tweeted anything since? I know he's like off social media. so And it's like, no. I'm lucky to not yeah, be blocked I don't know. by him yet. Um, I just love that first. Some people love controversy. 
It's like that Spider-Man meme. He's like pointing at himself. Man literally thrives on controversy. That's the only reason he played so well is because of the whole like T-gate and the controversy with Rory thing. Some people love controversy. You don't say. Okay, that's enough Patrick Reed to ruin everyone's day. Bubba Watson, uh, who is, I believe, the captain of the former Niblicks. Was was that it? The Niblicks? Yeah. Who who knows or who cares? Uh, They announced their new team name. The Niblicks are now the Range Goats. What's no, so funny? Muted. What's so funny? <laughs> the what? The range goats. What? I can't believe. Okay, Niblix was terrible enough. <clears throat> How would anyone think range goats is an improvement on Niblix? What does it even mean? Like, I've never seen a goat on a range. That, that's a great that was one of my first questions is and, what does that mean and even if he's like this is the greatest of all time goat it's like do you want to be the greatest on the range really like that doesn't really the matter. range goats and it doesn't even fit bubba like growing up you know he learned all those shot shapes and everything from like playing golf i don't think he was like a guy that's considered like a range rat like out just pounding yeah balls. it doesn't None of it makes any sense. I can't believe they're like, yes, this is a good team name. The why do why do you pick goat? That doesn't make it just doesn't make any sense. Because they're the goats. They're the greatest yeah. of all time. Yeah. Don't you know that Turk Pettit and James Pyatt are among the greatest of all time? I it think that's gonna be the sense. team. I think that's gonna be the team moving forward. I think it's Bubba, HB3, Turk Pettit, and James Pyatt. I think that's the team. I would oh, it, I would drop out of his team. All capitalized too. I would cut myself from his team. I'd be like, Bubba, you need to pick a better better name, otherwise I'm leaving. Isn't that awful? I was kind of excited for like teams to be able to pick their names. But now I'm not very excited. Yeah, and I'm pissed because I have so much Niblix merch. I don't know what to do with yeah. it now. Well me too. I want to sell it to like people in Africa or something. I've got some team bogey train merch. Maybe, oh, we should reach out to a live team and sponsor a live team. Uh, we should we sponsor could name them. That. We could name them the Bogey Train. Are we sponsoring them? Honestly, the Bogies would be a much better name than the Range Rats. And the Range Goats. Sorry, the Range Goats. Range Rats would actually make better sense. That, that'd be that good. That makes sense. Sorry, that just rolled off the tongue because, like, that actually is a term. How about they sponsor us? They should. The Bogey Train Golf Podcast. Dude, if they sent us a contract for, like, 500 mil to only cover live golf, do we take it? Yes, 100%. Yes, but do I have to take it seriously as I'm doing it? Can I treat it like a comedy? Well, you would probably be decapitated by the government of Saudi Arabia. That's fine. Five hundred million worth it. Five hundred million. Yeah, just big. Just buy a big uh, life insurance policy on myself, and then yeah. just leave it for my wife. And then you how read big, through how big of a life insurance policy could you buy with five hundred million? 
quite a lot. You could get a lot of coverage. You could probably get I, like at least. I just wouldn't even million. buy the life insurance policy. I'd just leave my share of the five hundred million to Lydia, and then she'd also get my life insurance policy I have now. You could probably get an insurance policy of like at least a hundred million or five hundred million. Okay, so I'm going to move on to the uh, quote now. So this was Bubba Watson was doing an interview, and he was talking about his reasoning for joining Live Golf. He said, "Well." Uh, so what I mean by that is I had surgery and my son is sitting with me in bed and how I signed up with Liv is my 10 year old son was sitting in bed with me. We were watching golf on the TV and he knew the aces. Everybody knows the aces. They keep winning. He knew the aces. He knew the stingers. He didn't know individual names. He just knew the team names. And for a 10 year old to have never watched the game of golf, but now watches it. Now I knew that there was a product to be had. Liv has a niche. It has a reason. My son is used to the Yankees. He's used to the Dallas Cowboys, Kansas City Chiefs. He's used to watching teams. And that's the one thing that golf, high school golf has a team, college golf has a team. And then one of the biggest events in the world is the Ryder Cup. It's a team event. Now that professional golf has a team, we're going to be able to get below 60-year-olds watching golf. And the 10-year-olds are now wanting to watch. So I think we're on to something with Lib. That's why I want to be a part of it. Well, and, with yeah, the channel that they're on, they're only going to get the below like twenty-year-old girls to watch golf. So there's so much here. So for one thing, he's mentioning the aces in the same categories. He's mentioning the Yankees and the Cowboys. Everybody knows the aces. They do. It's true. So if you go. Like, just walk down the street and ask someone, do you know who the Yankees are? They'd probably say yes. What if we asked them if they know who the Aces and the Stingers are? Yeah, they would know. They would know? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, well, clearly, people, more people knows. might know who the Running Aces are. That was the name Ooh. of our flag football intramural team. In <laughs> was it really? We might have more fans of the Running Aces flag football team than the four aces live golf team has. That might, be the, that might be the greatest name for an IM team ever, to have ever I know. had. More awesome. people probably know the bogey train than know who the four aces Well, obviously. More people know us than the Yankees, probably. And one of the funny parts is, so he's saying like his son watching the golf, knowing who the aces are because they keep winning – is the reason he joined Live, but they accidentally showed Bubba in the first Live Golf trailer before the first event in London. So he hadn't officially, like it wasn't broken news yet that Bubba had signed, but he had already made this decision before the first event. <clears throat> well, yeah, so his kid knew about the aces before. His, they so even his started. kid knew about the aces and knew that they were going to win every event yeah. before he read, he read the well, live yeah. golf script for the year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Bubba's like, I got to get in on so, this. Like, I can't so miss this, it. this comes off as extremely disingenuous. <laughs> and it's like, Oh yeah, my, my kid's disingenuous. That's true. And he said, well, my kid had never watched golf before. And now he is. Well, maybe that's because he's 10 now. So, and Bubba's been injured forever. So, obviously, the younger the kid goes back, not going to be watching golf. Yeah, like, the last time that he was relevant on the PGA Tour, his kid was, like, just born. 
And also, what does that say about Bubba, that he's literally been a pro golfer on the PGA Tour, and he's saying his own son never cared about golf until now? Sounds like he's a terrible father. So. You need to go to family counseling. I thought uh, I thought that quote was something. Nick, every I have an idea. And what's that? Every single tournament we play this summer, we should just request that our team name just be the bogey train. Like the uh, the pro am, oh, the, the pro am. We should just say that we're sponsored by the bogey train. That's yeah. They can take it out of the business account. Yeah. Um, I'm just reading this article on Golf Digest by Coleman Bentley. Of all the innovations Live Golf has sought to bring to professional golf, 54-hole tournaments, shotgun starts, airing between Riverdale reruns, teams are its most essential. Did you see the uh, – you sent it to me, I think, the clip that they had. It was uh, the, the opening to One Tree Hill. But they would just yeah. throw live golf in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Honestly, there really is something there with the team aspect. And I've said oh, it before. I agree. But live that is just not it. I mean, he makes he makes the point in his his quote that you read, you know, high school golf is teams, college golf is teams. And some of those like when you get into when you're playing in like a conference tournament or some sort of tournament and it comes down to your last guy on the 18th hole and he's got to make like a birdie for your team to win the conference tournament or whatever. Like that's sick. Just ask Noah about that. Has he ever been in a situation like that? Yeah. And then we, we almost won. Yeah. Have you ever been watching like a teammate was coming down the last hole and he just needed a birdie like for the team? Not that I can think of, no, but oh, okay. I'll let you know if I if anything comes to mind. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Um, so is that that's enough about Bubba Watson and Liv that's, and Reed and we've all We've hit that? our Liv quota for the month of February. We can just not talk about Liv the rest of the month. That would be nice, but I, I wish they would stop giving us stuff to talk about. When is their first um, uh, tournament? It's at the end of this month. It's at Mayakoba. Oh, the OHL Classic. Live Golf Bucket Hat, $14.99 on eBay. Ooh, let's cop. Let's cop a couple of right, So one quick thing here, um, a piece of news. So apparently this year is the last year of the WGC match play in Austin at Austin Country Club. Like it's the last year of the WGC match play or it's the last year it'll be in Austin? I'm hearing that it's the last year of the WGC match play entirely. Come I, I thought they were going to get rid of WGC events. I thought that was like a thing that was talked about once. Yeah. Then they have. Like they're just axing them completely. Well, I don't, I don't think I don't, I could be wrong, but that was what I was hearing is that this is the last year. Yes. In Austin, but also just the last year of the match play as an event. Oh man. That's, I mean, it sucks I, because I, I actually that. enjoy the match play. I know the um, match play is a good, event i wasn't a huge fan of austin country club i really did not like that no course. i don't like the course i liked um, when it was when it was in arizona. arizona yeah that was and there was that one year that they had the snow and it was just crazy and victor dubuisson made his deep yeah. run and then he hit in the cactus like that was just sick 
even even if they rotated the course every year, I'd be fine. I was not a fan of Austin Country Club, but no. it's better to have the match play exist at Austin Country Club than to just not have a match play event. There's yeah. no match play at the at that professional level. If they get rid of the match play, Kevin Kisner has no chance of ever winning another tournament. No, he can win like he could he win, win at Harbor Town. Yeah, he could win at Harbor Town. Hey, actually, no, that's a that's a de- that's a designated event now. So that's a great field. Kevin Kisner probably can't win that. Which event. is terrible if they have a designated event the week after the Masters. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't know. Get, I don't that's, know about that's that. That's terrible. That's a terrible decision. We can get into it the week of the the Masters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so tough news on the match play because it's yeah, a great format and. Yeah, there was already not enough match play at that level, and so that's just that's you just mentioned. Bad. We're talking about WGCs, and we were talking earlier about courses that, like, I just or tournaments I don't watch, like Pebble Beach. I just don't watch anything before like the waste management. I really don't watch. One tournament I would always watch was the HSBC Champions at Shayshan. <laughs> that I, for some reason, I love that tournament and I love that course. Is it because Kevin Kisner won it once? I don't think he ever won that, did he? I think he did. I think he did. I'm going to fact check. I don't know how I felt about that event. It was basically, basically I liked watching it because it was a big event in November or whenever it was. I didn't really like the course. I didn't, but that was. It was canceled in 2020. And and it just has not been brought back. Yeah, which is probably good. Probably don't need to. Do a lot of business with sick in China. Champions, here we go. Francesco Martin Keimer. Uh no Kevin Kisner. I don't see. Why did I think he won that event? Um he doesn't have a oh, he does have a runner up finish, 2016 to Russell Knox. Roy McElroy is the last Shishan champion. Okay, anything else before we're going to get on to some uh, PGA 2K stuff? So, Woo! I don't have any. All right. All right, so you can do your uh, double TGC Tours update. Last week oh, I was curious. Great. I actually went on the website and looked, but... I don't remember what... Oh, I finished 49th. Uh, yeah, something like that. I've been struggling. So I was really, really struggling with my, my swing path um, two weeks ago. Just couldn't find the path. Like putting, my putt path is terrible. My putting stats have been terrible. So I made a switch. I fired my old coach, fired Hank Haney. Get him out of there. I switched to, uh, who was that guy that Tiger switched to? <clears throat> Big guy, buff. Um, Chris Como? Yep, yeah, switched to Chris Como. Or Sean Foley. No, Chris Como. Okay. And uh, he sent me to this guy. This guy by the name of Respawn TV. And he said, watch this guy's video on how to swing the club, and you're going to become a great golfer. So I did. And I've made a swing change. I used to be a thumb flicker. Mm -hmm. I can show it on camera. I used to be thumb, you know, down, up, down, up. Now, I am what they, they call it the nipple. Is it this? That is, you pinch it like a nipple, and it's down, up, down, up. The pinch grip, the nipple grip. Yeah. My swing path is so much better. 
Oh, yeah, I believe it. Do you do it on the I right or the left side? I do it left stick. Ooh, left stick. Left, okay. Left stick, I do right, right stick. Left stick, right hand? Yep. I go across the entire controller. I have this stupid background. Yeah. So you guys can't that feels see. good. Across the entire controller. Yeah, that's a great view, yeah. Yeah. Um, swing path, amazing. Like I said, so many perks passed. Swing timing, god awful. Yeah, I just recalibrated today, actually. For um, some reason, I, I was I like... I recalibrated multiple times. Like, I just can't find it. Uh, so that leads to the last week's tournament, the Mexico Championship. And I'm playing, and I've never had so many very slow drives that go 230 off the tee. Somehow, I squeak out and I make the cut on the number. Shot 11 under, first two rounds. I sent you guys a picture of my back nine. Eagled the 12th hole. Ace the 14th hole. Ended up making the cut on the number. I go out, shoot five under, round three. And I shoot even in round four. I really just didn't care. Uh, I didn't lose any promotion marks. I was like, whatever. So you're still, you still have one. Still have one promotion mark. It was just a practice week, really getting used to the new swing. Was that uh, your right first after, event with the new swing? The first event with the nipple. Um, I went out and I played the challenge circuit rounds right after just to like practice with it. I did end up throwing down a 13 under on challenge. Ooh, circuit with the okay. So, I mean, it's there. That course was also really tough. Like those greens were just stupid. Everything was turtle backed. Uh, there's one par five in the fourth round. The pin was on a ridge. If you were three feet short, three feet left, three feet long, it's rolling off the green and then the pin is tucked back. Right. So like, it's just impossible to even hold it on the green. Uh, so this week you guys, I have my background. We're at goose Creek is the course. Uh, do they ever, so if you're on, so right, not right now, since you're on kinetic, but if you were on platinum, do they coincide it with the golf courses like and PGA tour courses? Very rarely. Why um, wouldn't they do that? So why would usually they, like, the PGA the the courses suck. are too easy? Oh. Yeah, they suck. So like the week um, of the players, why wouldn't they just do an event at TPC Sawgrass? I think usually the players they do. It, you they usually play it at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, the Masters Week, which is the Legends Tournament, uh, they usually have it at a course that is loosely based around Augusta National, but it is not Augusta National. Uh, anything else is just kind of like, usually the the 2K official courses, the real courses are just terrible. Like the green speeds are way off. Um, and if you crank them up, they like the greens become unplayable. So you can't really do that. So uh, that's where we are. Uh, we'll play the... It's the Brazil champions this week, I believe is what it's called at Goose Creek. We're going to try and see if the nipple can bring us to greatness. Uh, I believe. Believe in the nipple. Lead right now is 14 under through one. I'm kind of shocked that you've been a thumb guy this whole time. Yeah. And it's just like when I use the thumb, I take it back either too far inside. Yeah. I don't redirect it right. Well, take it back. I made pull it. I made the change a, a few months ago. I don't know if you guys remember not, me talking. Are about you it. used to it yet? Like how oh, long yeah. did it take? I to mean, get I don't. I don't play. The, I, I don't know. A couple days. I mean, yeah. I don't play all that much. But when I played it, like the, this game, the first time, 
with Max on his PlayStation. <clears throat> like, it was about four holes in. I'm like, this isn't working. Like, I need to switch it up. So I went to some sort of, like, sideways, like, thumb. And I kind of moved my arm. Yeah, I like, started doing, like, when my like swing pad was so bad, I actually would put my finger up next to the joystick and then still use the thumb so the finger would keep it straight. Yeah. And I'm like, I'd rather just use the nipple. And on your bogey train episode bingo card, if you had over under seven and a half uses of the word nipple, um, hopefully you took the over today. You can stamp that. We you might still be that. at the under. I, might I, think I've, the under. I think I've said nipple quite a bit. But well, yeah, just keeps that just it, feels so. like way, like you have more control. Yeah, it does. Like your and, thumb, your thumb is pivoting. You know what I'm saying? So you're making yeah. this other. Yeah. Yeah, the timing the timing has been the hardest part. Uh, typically, it's like a very slow. So I just like I'm I'm gonna gonna get it through. I won't get it through quick enough, and it'll just be like an ugly slice that goes two forty. Sure. Um, so this week, last week was just not a good course for it. It was really tight. It was really long. So if you missed the fairways, you were just dead. Um, so it wasn't a good a good workout for it. But this week, the course is a little wider. You can kind of see in the picture behind me. Fairways are a little bit wider, some larger greens. There is a lot of water, though, so it will be kind of a test to see if I can stay out of that that H2O. Uh, and also in PGA 2K, they uh, coinciding with the AT&T Pro-Am, they released Pebble Beach. And right away, the course was a big flop. What? Uh, typically with their their official courses... There's something big wrong with them. Uh, I know with like TPC Twin Cities on 18, for some reason they just had a giant tree right in front of the far back tee box. So like yeah. you had to hit a giant cut around this giant tree to hit the fairway. There was a um, there's a number of things wrong with TPC Twin Cities. Yeah. It's horrible. Um, so I they know had the big whole, they have it. hole nine as a par five. On, yes. They don't do that. They don't do anymore. They don't anymore? I don't think so. It was a par four this year, I'm pretty sure. They did. Okay, they did in 21. And, you know, I was talking to someone. It's like, okay, well, it's usually a par 72 for the members. So maybe that's it's like, but uh, yeah, but that's because number three is a par five, not number nine. Yeah. So number nine had literally never been a par five ever, but it was a par five on PGA Tour 2K21. Yeah. But um, that's an aside. The big, the big problem with Pebble Beach uh, actually came from hole eight. The cliffside where Jordan Spieth almost fell to his death last year. Uh, they have a rock wall going down that cliff. And one of the rocks was sticking up about four feet above ground. So if you hit it too close to that cliffside and you try to hit over that rock, you would just hit the rock and be dead. Uh, but they have it fixed already. They already got it solved. They've already re-put out the course. So I haven't played it yet. I don't know if you've I'm played actually, it, Nick. I'm actually, I actually have gameplay of it pulled up right now. It still doesn't look very good. Yeah, it's, I mean. I mean, that was just an egregious error that they fixed. But I'm trying to see if I can find a picture of it. Their official courses um, are just terrible. They really are. Because basically the consensus seemed like, so there was a, a designer that made, you know, their rendition of Pebble Beach. And it was consensus that that version was better than the official version that was released by 2k which is typically how it goes which is that that's not like even the the tory pines the someone did a detroit golf club one 
they are always so much more lifelike than the official courses that they come out with. So Okay. All right. Noah. Actually, I'm just going to try to share this here. Um, this is a great podcast. We're doing a, a share screen. Yeah, I just want Noah to see like what it actually looks like. Are you pulling up uh, Twin Cities? No, this is this is what they had for. Can you see that? Yeah. This is what they had for the cliff on the eighth <laughs> hole. So this right here is like the the end of the fairway on hole eight. Isn't that Dude, brutal? Looks like, it looks like. Like somebody carved a granite, like a big piece of granite. Like, I can tell you, if that's what it looked like in real life, Jordan Spieth wouldn't have had a problem. He wouldn't have fallen down the cliff last year. That looks and so terrible. then they 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 fixed it so it looks like this now. So I mean, it still doesn't look very realistic. It's better than it was. But yeah, it has. There's not one blade of grass on that cliff. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. And so it's this just is just a an big example. Stone. So look at this. This is from the same view, all right? So the top is the coming EA Sports PGA Tour version, and the bottom yep. is 2K23. Oh, I my honestly, gosh. I saw that tweet. I didn't even realize that that was the like the EA Sports PGA Tour. I thought that was just a real-life picture. Dude, yeah, I, might so buy, I, think, I might buy I, EA Sports. So I think what we're looking at is part of the significant advantage to having the game only come out on next-gen consoles rather than – um previous gen as well and just overall the unity engine that 2k is built on but so yeah this is terrible uh, audio podcast content right now because we're just uh looking at pictures but long story short the graphics of the courses for ea is going to it looks like it's going to be far and away um better than 2k but i don't have the uh console to play that game so i do not and i i might get it i don't know i'll see the early reviews and we'll see what happens but so you're not not getting a uh, like a pre-order or anything like that no i'm not gonna pre-order i'm just gonna kind of watch the first couple weeks and see what people say like if the career mode is very intriguing because i feel like that's about all you're going to be able to do with it uh if the career mode is really good i'll probably get it just play the career mode but yeah to be able to play the majors and yeah yeah Another uh, thing about that game that um, really bugs me is the bulkheads. So, like at TPC Sawgrass, for example, when there's like wooden wooden bulkheads, like on the 17th hole, for example, mm-hmm. like the like railroad they stick, ties, they stick up. Yeah, you know the ball can't like roll off the green; it just rolls up and then right next to the. Yeah, it, I don't. I don't know why yeah, that's an issue again, in that game. That's, that's coming from, I'm assuming the officials, ones they do, they do have like this LiDAR software where you can go in and you can scan like Google Maps or something like that. And it'll take the fairway, it'll take all the topography and import it into the game if you're designing on PC. Uh, and then typically you have to go in and make changes. Like you have to iron out some of the things, they don't translate right one of the things that doesn't translate right is like a retaining wall or something like that. So I'm assuming it's just coming from like not ironing that stuff out. Cause like you'll even see it. There's greens that on the edge of the green, if there's a false front, it'll be flat. And then there'll be like a V 
where it just slopes down into like a gully right in the middle of the green. Hmm. And it's just, it's stuff that a designer that actually imports and does it themselves has to iron out on their own. But I'm assuming it's something that either the PGA tour designers don't do. They probably just import the LIDAR and put it right in. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. Interesting. Okay, so we've got here, you're going to recap your Simulator Rider Cup. Yeah. What is this? I played some golf last weekend. The The simulator I play at, they held a Ryder Cup. Uh, and I, I played in the Ryder Cup. And it was a good time. It was really fun. Were you, played well were, you on team, were you on Team USA or Team I was yeah. I was on Team Ethan because Ethan or was the team captain. Or were you on Team ISIS? Ooh. I uh, was on the international team. Okay. So so we, got, we got waxed. Ooh. We, uh, so it was f- three rounds. Round one was you and a partner, and it was your total team score. And it was match play. And lost that round. I played against someone who's pretty good from, from Watertown. Wait, so was it match play, or was it total team score? It was total team score, but it was a match play format. So, like, you're, if my team oh, scored 10, the other I team see. scored 11, we won the hole. Per hole. Per hole. Yep. Total score per so hole. Okay, I got we, it. We lost that match on the last hole. I had, like, 15 feet for eagle, lipped it out. Um, but this is going to be kind of a recurring theme. So I played Nick, you know him. It's McKay Parr. Oh, yeah. He was on the other side. I played against him all night. So that first round, he shoots four under. I shoot three under. No bogeys between us. Uh, second round is alternate shot. And my partner cannot get the ball off the ground. We lost five and four. Uh, so skip through that. Last round, singles. Me versus McKay. Um and I get out to an early lead. I birdie both the par threes. I was just, I was hitting the ball super well. I'm striking it really well right now, uh, which is never a good sign because it's always like, hey, I'm playing really well. I can't wait to get outside and, you know, maybe I'll shoot some good rounds. And that never happens. But I birdied the par threes, stuffed them to like eight feet. And we're playing three foot gimmies, not six foot. So you actually have to like roll everything in. First bag. Uh, uh, he makes a late comeback, late charge. He birdies seven and eight so it's all square going into nine 590 yard par five rip a drive right down the middle hit a three wood 275 to 30 feet nice little two putt for birdie win the match uh for the night so the two rounds that we played where i played the full nine holes i was eight under bogey free so Jeez. the game the was game simulator is simulator cattail or what no, it was not. We played Donald Ross Memorial, and then we played Denoma Pass, which is pretty tough. Interesting. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I just, the game is if the game stays like this going into the summer, it could be the year that that scratch comes back up. All right. Well, that'll be something to keep an eye on. So, all right. Should we go our foursome of the week or should we do uh, the bogey club first? Well, we're talking about (laughs) virtual golf. Noah, Nick, and I, we're going to create a golf course. Uh, Noah is going, you're going to school for something like that, aren't you? Like golf. Yeah, it's like, it's like watching like grass grow or something like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have a nice little trident effort, a little three pronged effort. Noah is going to design a golf course. Uh, he's going to send that golf course to me and Nick and one of us or both of us are going to design that golf course on PGA 2K23. And as of right now, we are planning on calling it the bogey club. Uh, names are work in progress. You know, we've come up with some other names that haven't really worked out. They're too long. Uh, not appropriate. I don't know, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So if you're a, if you're a PGA 2K23 player, uh, sometime between now and the end of 2023, depending on how long it takes Noah to design this and how long it takes me to put it into action on the, the game, we're going to have a golf club out, a golf course out. So I'm very excited about this idea, actually. This yeah, is, no, this is going to be really fun. I've done a few things with the designer. I uh, kind of my first thing I ever wanted to, wanted to do was design mine and Nick's home course and make some small changes to it, make it a little small bit small changes, uh, a little bit more difficult, and otherwise uh, known as wholesale changes. That is very, very lightly based off of some of the holes at our home yeah, course. Yeah, it kind of resembles um, the original, but. The like, oh, this hole's a par four. Okay, good. this hole's also a par four. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a par yeah, four, and it's, it's a slight dog leg it, left. It's, it's no, it's definitely well, uh, well done. It's just, it, it's definitely a stretch to say it was, you know, loosely you designed based our, off of cattail crossing. There you go, very loosely based. Yes. Yeah, like the the whole shapes is what I got for the design. Everything else is kind of free for all, like the greens, the contours, the distances. Yeah. I mean, cattail so from the tips, cattail is like 6,600 yards, and I made this course like 7,300. So, so I'd make some the, big changes. Um, so, yes. And we're going to have, it's definitely going to have to be you that does it. I mean, for a few reasons. I mean, you have PC, and I don't have PJ2K on PC, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, but either way, you actually have completed courses that are playable. Um, let alone, you know, actually pretty good. So, but I have, I have a lot of, even just in the few minutes we've been thinking about it, I definitely have ideas. So should we just like do a, like a quick, like of things we can think of, or should we save that for future? I I say we, we brain, if we have to push off the foursome of the week, just to brainstorm the bogey club, I think we could do that. If you have some ideas on top of your mind, please say them. I'm taking some notes right now. Um, here's I'm going to first put in the things that I don't want because I'm not very good at them. Number one, no retaining walls. Like we're not making any island greens like 17 at Sawgrass, nothing like okay. that. Okay. I just, I don't, I'm not that good. So that's going to have to be left out. Okay. See, this is good. This is good info. This is so good I have info. a, this one's maybe for more for the de- like actual for Jengs because he's going to be doing the designer. One thing I think is really cool. So Marion Golf Club. I have a soft spot for Marion. Like I love that course. Um, their first tee is like right off of the patio for the clubhouse. Yeah. I can do that. I can do that. Cool. I, I'll write that I, th- I really like that. Um, um, what what kind of course do we want? Like. First and foremost, do we want to go like a desert course, a lynx course? Um, I think like you're you're kind of talking. That's, yeah, I'm thinking like a like the picture behind me, something like that maybe. 
I guess yeah that that's a yeah we should just over overall yeah overall setup we should probably like what's like, the yeah, what sort where would of we course? want this course to be because like I love designing courses my favorite courses to design are typically ones in like the mountains mm-hmm. like a like a black hills type thing where you know maybe on the side of the fairway you have a steep drop off uh, that goes into like a a valley I think that works great. That. I think that works great for the video game uh, format too. Like just a lot yeah. of elevation. Like it's really yeah. cool. Um, so I obviously I've spent a lot of time in Minnesota, played a lot of golf in Minnesota. I have, whenever I've thought of like designing courses, that's sort of like, like <clears throat> I've always think of something along the lines of like interlocking just because. Oh, overlapping. Yeah. Um, Baseball but, gripping. So I think, I mean, there's just a few things. Okay. Yeah, let's just, we should figure this out first. Like, what, yeah, what sort of setting? What, what, are, theme, are, we, what theme are we looking at here? I think, I think it'd be cool to do something like up in the North Forest in Minnesota. So, like, a bunch of pines and like dense okay. pines. That could be cool. Yeah. And it could be hilly. Or we could go with like, like a more prairie feel, but still with some elevation. Um, I think of those two, I would prefer. Like we could combine sort of uh, what Jangs was thinking with like sort of what we're picturing in like maybe Minnesota, maybe Northern, like I'm thinking somewhat like definitely something to be said for the elevation changes. Um, I don't know if we want to go, I don't know if we want to go dense like pines. We could kind of blend both too. Like we could have like a, a lower part where it's kind of in the flatter grounds you know, closer to the clubhouse, like one, Wait, two. Yeah, yes, yes, I like, I like that. that. Yeah, something like a Heart Ranch. I don't know. Yes, you know, yes. You probably haven't played Heart Ranch, but some of the course is like not a lot of trees and things like But then a lot of the back nine sort of like zigzags around like the side of a hill slash mountain. So like if we did a combo between like a prairie, like a rolling prairie and then the north, the Northwood Hills kind of combo. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I would say prairies maybe a bit strong, but just like not as dense. Yeah, like around around the clubhouse, it would be you know flatter, maybe some some spread out trees here and there, uh, and then as you get towards like the later half of the front nine and then the back nine, it's going through like this mountain, very elevated. And then mm-hmm. what I think is sick is if the 18th hole we come down off the mountain, so like 17 would be a par three, like. My envision 17 is a par three, maybe downhill coming back down the mountain. And then 18, you're teeing off next to 17 green straight down off the mountain back towards the clubhouse, down into the. Yeah, those are always cool. I don't know about straight, but yeah, I I did always have like a sort of downhill approach shot for the last hole. Like, yeah, okay. Like, like it's sort of a big, I mean, maybe the tee shot too, but, uh, sort of like a big natural amphitheater sort of like surrounding the 18th green and then like a downhill approach uh whether it's a par five or par four so it's like we could be teeing off up on the hill and then the fairway is still up on the hill and then you have like a split fairway the second half it goes down up to the green like just like a really grand 18th hole green complex basically yeah maybe a pond maybe a pond oh we could do a pond Short right or short left. If we're back in the if like this, how I'm in, I'm envisioning it, kind of would be like 
like you guys were saying, you're teeing off in the prairie area. So we could do we can do like a nice lake or a pond or like a stream. Maybe that winds through the hills too. Yeah, so no so no, no on the stream off. through the hills. What? Too much work. Okay. <laughs> oh no, I'll write that down. But you could do that in the in the flatter area? Yeah. Right. Yeah, like if we had a stream that came up maybe across like towards the clubhouse. And then it leads into this lake or this body of water, pond, whatever. And then are it you leads off in front of the first tee. Are you capable of designing a waterfall or is that too much? I can do a waterfall. Okay. Are we thinking par 70, par 71, 72? I'm typically a 72 guy. I, I, like, I like 72. I like 72, yeah. Four I, par fives. For some reason, when I, design, I always design like, like five par fives and five par threes. But I if think we wanted we should. to go, I think we should. If yeah. we wanted to go par seventy and go, you know, I agree with that. I think two five, par fives five and eight is ideal. Five five eight. Yeah. Okay. Like five par fives, five par threes, eight par fours is ideal. Yeah. Probably um, not spread out too much because you do have like a limited amount of space that you can actually work with. So, like having the the first tee not five and a half miles away from the farthest point of the golf course would probably be ideal. Like somewhat, somewhat tight knit, but still. Mm-hmm. This is going to be fun actually. All right. So in the golf design world, there's kind of three general ideas um, that you, that you take when you're designing a course. Um, so they're kind of just like general principles when you're designing They're strategic courses meaning like you have a lot of different options. You can play the holes all a different way. There's penal courses, meaning like sawgrass, like hole 17, very penal. You have to execute otherwise. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, and then there's risk reward holes where you're given the opportunity to take a crazy risk or you can play it um, smart. I don't know if that makes sense or if you had any bents, but. Um, of those three, and obviously they they overlap. Yeah, um, and you'll and you you'll flow through them through them as you make a course. I sort like, of like the idea of risk reward. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think strategic isn't very fun for a video game. Yeah, I think we'll probably what we'll see is probably a little bit more of like uh, the risk reward and the penal. Yeah, it's like especially if we get out into like the mountains and it's tree lined. Like if you miss the fairway. You know, you try and cut the corner or something like that, and you go too far, you're in the forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like, when you're playing with someone and they take a risky shot and don't execute, well, you can just line your guy up the middle. and Yeah. What do you think That's of the so overall yardage for a par 72? I think if we're going to be doing mountain stuff, um, I mean, there will probably be some downhill holes that will play shorter than the distance. Like you could have a, I've seen courses that have like a 660 yard par five that only plays like 530 because it's so much downhill. That's true. Um, but I don't I know think if I want like crazy elevation changes. Yeah. yeah, I think like less than. Not like the sixth hole at Salmon Peak. Yeah, the sixth hole at Salmon Peak was brutal. It's a tough. No, the sixth hole at Salmon Peak, it's a par three. It's uh, so far downhill, you cannot see the green on your tee shot. It's like 220, but it's like 175 feet downhill. Yikes. Yeah, so nothing like that. 
No, that's not fun. Um, but yeah, I think I was thinking 72. in the range, like 72, okay, 73. I, I, yeah, that was the exact range I was thinking, 72, 7,300. All right, cool, cool, cool. Any, any drivable par fours? There's oh, you need at one, least one. One per nine, one per nine. So two? Two. Well, we don't have that many par fours. So we do only have eight par fours. So do we I want like two. two of them to be drivable? I think so. I think it, I, I guess if we do have, what are we doing? Five par fives? Yeah. I say, okay, one drivable par four, and it goes on the side that has only two par fives. Yeah. Well, we could have so one side. Still, yeah. So, like, you still get the chance that, you know, three eagles per side, because you got three par fives on this side, two par fives and a drivable four on the other side. Sure. Probably, I'd say, would you want drivable par four on the back side? Maybe coming down the stretch, like 16 or 15. Or would you rather really have three par fives on the back, back nine? Yeah. I don't know. I'm so, always okay. a leadoff par five kind of guy, too. Like, first hole par five. Okay. I, like, I don't know like typically, typically, my first hole par five is always, like, it's more wide open. Like, it's an easier tee shot because it's the first hole. Uh but because of that, it's a little bit longer, like usually 560, 570. So it's not a guaranteed eagle because it's a wide fairway, you know, easier yeah. hole. I've always yeah, liked a distance. very, um, very middle of the road par four for an opening hole. Like not a short par four, not a long par four, like roughly like the ninth or tenth hardest hole on the course. What if very, we just like, mess with them? Par like three between, first hole, par three 18th hole. I was thinking no, we could maybe no, do no, a par no. What do you guys think of a par three for either hole nine or ten? I don't mind it for nine or ten. I'd go nine. Nine would be good. Yeah, I think, yeah. Because ten, if you're starting off, because some, you know, in real life, sometimes you start on the tenth hole. Oh, this course you won't be able to. Well, I... I I mean, I guess I'm not the one setting it up. Noah's the one setting it up. I don't know if he'll loop the front nine back towards the clubhouse or have it end out yonder. Yeah, we'll see We'll see. Very exclusive club, though. Only the bogeys can play there. Do you have a... All right, just before we get to it, we can definitely revisit this a million other times, future episodes. Um, So now we'll just go, like, one more thing from the three of us, like, either something, one element from one of your favorite holes or courses, like, you know, that you would that you like the idea and would want to incorporate it. <clears throat> mm. I'm trying to think of one of my favorite courses. I think just simply having a river wind through like a lot of the holes yeah, like the, cool. the flatter area having a, a stream run through yeah. and then it leads into this big pond that's on. Yeah, it doesn't 18. have to be big or nothing, but yeah. Like really you could cool. have it. I was th- I was kind of picturing like, you know, I'm picturing the tee shot on one. You're looking down and it's it's flatter. You've got this kind of grassy area and then you've got kind of forest on the right. On the left side of one, you have 18 uh, coming back up, 
and then there's kind of this creek that's running into the pond on 18 and then it stretches across right in front of the tee box on one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, rivers are great. What are you thinking, Nick? What is, like, what's your one element? Uh, I sort of already mentioned, like, an 18th hole, like, idea, kind of like a, a downhill a, approach. I'm thinking maybe a par four to finish. But either of a long mine. par four, if it's going to be a downhill second, like I'm thinking so, somewhat long. Yes. Yep. And then uh, at least one par three that's like pretty short. Okay. Like a, a 90, like one, 120 90, or less. 120. I think definitely par threes with five so, of them. You want to look at like a, a shorter one, like you're saying 120 or less. Probably one that's basically, in like the 140 to 160 range. Basically, on a day with no wind, would want all five par threes to be hitting a different club. Yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. What if uh, we, and then uh, that's one what thing if we that's go nice no about, bunkers? Can we go no bunkers on this course too? No, we got to put I think we got to bunkers. We can do big, simple bunkers, which are always cool, like Pete Dye style. Yeah. All right, I'm about it. They're going to host a PGA Championship there someday. Hopefully it hosts a TGC Tours event. It'd be sick. Some advertising, too, because you put it out there, and then if people go and they read the course uh, preview, like when you click on a course, you can see what the designer says. So, like, this week for Goose Creek, just says Goose Creek plays along a winding creek and play on most of the holes. There's a ton of elevation changes as the course routes up back and down to the creek. And then we could have something like that, like this course in the mountains, blah, blah, blah. And then follow at the bogey train pod. Get some free advertisement in there. So true. Oh, um, I'm going to share screen. Oh, you have, you have it disabled. Oh, uh just one second uh i think you can now all right there we go screen one so like nick are you thinking something like this for uh for 18 like i'm trying to find like Uh, a good i mean yes and no like what's a good example? Oh, here. Uh, something like this. We're getting closer. Yeah, getting closer. Great. Uh, again, great audio content. I know. Uh, like you're thinking something like where it's like amphitheater, it's hilly around the green. So you can sit on the side, you can watch. What about, what about whistling's 18? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I like that whole, like the, the shape of it somewhat. Yeah, just for the record, I cannot do bunkers like that. Or or look at nine. Look at nine. Okay, good to know. I'll do big bunkers. Yeah, I need big bunker. I can't do like the fine. Yep. 
So yeah, so <laughs> whistling streets is like giving him nightmares. <laughs> What's where's nine? Is it this right here? Nine green. Yeah, kind of kind of a bad angle, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like, I feel like I can picture it. I feel like I've seen it on TV, but I can't think of what course I'm actually thinking of. Chambers Bay? No. Not Chambers. This is such good audio this content. This is great audio content here. But okay, this is- yeah. We can we can discuss this after. Uh, we so should we do our foursome of the week or have we gone too long? Um, we've only gone like two hours. Let's run it. Let's hit. Let's hit the foursome and then end it. All right. Foursome. All right. Our foursome of the week this week is a good one. Who wants to? <laughs> no, no. One. You you can you can announce it. Okay. So, for this week's foursome of the week. We will be choosing from either our favorites or our most contended conspiracy theories across the globe. You know, conspiracies such as, is the Earth flat or not? Which we all know the Earth is flat, but the conspiracy is, is it round or not? So, without further ado, um, do we have an order for who gets to select? Um, I don't, I don't know. How should we come up with that? All right, we'll do the random number generator again. And we'll just go in order of whoever's closest. That's who goes first. So, like, not. Can I get trust to choose, you but... to generate this number? Yeah. Because what are we um, going between one and? Um. Yeah, between one and a hundred. I'm taking seventy-two. Okay. All right. N- Noah, what are you taking? I'll take eleven. I'm going to take seventy-three. Gosh, you're such a jerk. You still have a lot of leeway. So 61. 61. So you go first, I go second, Noah goes third. All right. All right, let's run it. Uh, So my first conspiracy theory, kind of one of the the best ones, you hear it everywhere. For some reason, it's like the most popular conspiracy theory. Uh, Bush did 9-11. And also, I'm just going to take 9-11 in general. Uh, jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Just a fact. Also, um, what happened to Building 7? Exactly. So, so okay. So, the, are you just taking 9-11 I'm taking 9-11 as a whole thing. Okay, that's, uh, that's pretty big. Uh, the, the hoax of 9-11, you know, it didn't exist, didn't happen. It was planned by George W. Bush. Um, you know, just a whole bunch of junk there so so for someone who believes that like what was in it for george bush if he really uh for one who might take this seriously it gave him a reason to launch a full-scale war in the middle east uh his father if you remember george hw bush did start a unofficial war with i believe iraq uh operation desert storm um and one may say that Bush wanted the second Bush wanted to go back to the Middle East because they have a lot of oil in the Middle East. Uh, and you could, you know, fight these countries. You could take over. And part of the, you know, reason could be to get some oil, bring it back to the United States, more oil to sell. 
helps big oil companies. It's just a little, little possibility. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So I'm going second. I have to take flatter. Um, flatter. Yes. Yeah, mostly because, <laughs> mostly because it's hilarious, and <laughs> the amount of things that. Like the amount of scientific evidence that you have to explain away or dismiss to hold this position is, is frankly comical. And the fact that people still do is just awesome. So I, I honestly, I respect them for it. Well, it's crazy that it still has, like, it still hasn't been proven that the earth is round. That's well, that's the craziest part, you know? And so, but with my first selection, I'll take possibly the, uh, one of the greatest conspiracy conspiracy theories of all time. The moon landing was just one big fake, one big hoax. I mean, um, the, flag, the flag can't just sit there like that. Exactly. You watch these videos and you're like, there's no way that's the moon. Like, I know the moon is made out of cheese or something. Like, that can't be the moon. So I do not believe in that. Um, and then for my second conspiracy theory, I will take birds are government spy drones. Because Gosh. I just think that would be really funny if that was actually true. And every bird is just a government spy drone. If that is the case, the government did a heck of a job creating really unique, really cool uh, spy drones. But Okay. Do you know how, how much money would have to go into that? <laughs> For, that's so many drones. <laughs> um, and also, and so another thing they do is so, you know, the people that are, I'm not going to say weird, maybe that sounds derogatory, maybe a little more eccentric, people that have birds as pets. So mm-hmm. those are people that the government <clears throat> thinks are more problematic. So they program those people to want birds as pets. And yes. so then they have an extra surveillance. They have extra, yeah, they have extra surveillance from it's inside so the smart. home. Yeah. yeah, so smart. Yeah. So, okay. So back to me. Shoot. I got to go with the Denver airport conspiracies um, partially because I always thought this was really cool and interesting. And since now that I've actually been there and, uh, and just the fact that the Denver airport embraces it and sort of makes jokes out of it, which makes you mm-hmm. almost wonder if they're trying to do reverse psychology on you. Um, but so is it one of you? Was it Noah? You said you're not really familiar with this conspiracy theory. I, that was Noah, I have yeah. not heard it. I've not heard it. So it's basically that the Denver airport is like a hub of the Illuminati or something like that. I When I was going through it, like the first time I ever heard of it, apparently it went like a billion dollars over budget. And there's really weird artwork there that is almost like suggestive of this is what's going to happen at the end of the world or yeah, it's like apocalyptic artwork. Yeah. Apocalyptic artwork. Um, and then there's like a lot of signs of like, like the devil and stuff too. in there they say, yeah. And there's like a really like, like a demonic statue of a horse out in the front of the thing. Yeah. Supposedly demonic. It has like glowing red eyes. And apparently when it was being placed there, it, uh, landed on someone and killed them or something and then the the runway complex uh from the aerial <laughs> view supposedly is shaped like a swastika wow so uh, a lot of things going on here uh and 
I, lot, I love of, I love every I love everything about it. A lot of different fields of conspiracies too. Yeah, yeah. I respect that. Well, I'm gonna me being the history teacher here. I'm just gonna go with like an all history theme on mine. Uh, so my second one is uh, the Holocaust did not happen. Oh my gosh. That's a conspiracy? <laughs> yeah, we could clip that. <laughs> no, there actually is a conspiracy theory that the Holocaust did not actually happen. Like, <laughs> you know, people, they're Holocaust non-believers. They just think the Holocaust I'm surprised you made didn't, up. I'm surprised you didn't um, know that, Noah. Uh, they either yeah. think it didn't happen or that the numbers are grossly exaggerated. Yeah, there's no way that someone could, you know, eradicate three million Jews in a short span of like eight years. I thought years. the number was six. Maybe it's six. Still a lot. Couldn't you know? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, so I'm going to take that one first. And then I'm going to go with... Uh, shoot. I'm going to go with uh, the JFK assassination. Uh, so that it was what planned. It? The, all of it. I'm taking everything. You know, people believe it was planned by the FBI to get JFK out of there. Uh, reason being, he had some support for the leader of South Vietnam at the time, Ngozin Ziem. Um, and... He wanted him safely brought because they wanted to oust him, get rid of him. They wanted him safely brought to the United States. Kennedy did. And they're like, yeah, okay, we'll bring him to the United States. Uh, And then the car that was going to pick him up, when they went and picked him up, they kidnapped him, put him in the trunk, and then riddled him with bullets, killed him. And this all happens like 20 days before JFK is assassinated. So it's like kind of in the same time period. It lines up really weirdly. Uh, do you also, think Lee Harvey Oswald was just a patsy. You know, people think he that he might have had some help. The grassy knoll, someone might have been shooting from there. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of conspiracies around JFK. Uh, you know, people say it was pretty similar to the Abe Lincoln. You know, JFK was in a Ford. Lincoln was in Ford's theater. Uh, both of the people that assassinated them had three names. Both their successors were named Johnson. They were both elected in 1860 and 1960. I mean, there's some similarities here. Wait, wait. What year was Lincoln assassinated? 1863. And so it wasn't... No, 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 no. no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 1865. It was the second term. Okay. Okay. And Kennedy... JFK was 1963. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, if they were both 63, that would have been... That would have been crazy. Makes you think... All right, is that my turn now? Yes. Oh gosh, I don't know which one to go with. I have I have one that I just have up my sleeve. That's awesome. Uh, that you guys don't. I don't think I put on the list yet. Uh, <laughs> there's a funny one on here. Um, I'm gonna go with Pearl Harbor. What about uh, Pearl Harbor? That that FDR caught wind of it ahead of time, but didn't do anything about it because he wanted a reason to get into World War II. Ooh, okay. See, I've heard the same thing, that he had heard about it, uh, but he didn't think it was a, like a credible threat. He didn't think it would actually happen. And that may uh, as well, that may very well be, be the, the case, but yeah. I, you know, this is just an interesting one. That uh, I think I wouldn't the, I wouldn't put past a U.S. president. The story that they tell us is that uh, the attack was supposed to commence at like a certain time, uh, and then they were going to radio before the attack was to happen. Like, hey, uh, we're going to launch this attack on you. Here's our demands. Blah blah blah. 
And I think the story is that they didn't calculate the time zones correctly or something like that. And so what they were going to like radio in at like 7.30, 30 minutes before it was supposed to happen. Uh, but they were an hour late. So the attack the happened Japanese. and then they came in. Yeah, the Japanese. So, so 30 minutes after the attack, did they actually get a message from the Japanese? I, that I don't know. Oh. Uh, but that's that, one of the, the beliefs behind it too. That'd be a, definitely a way for the Japanese to cover themselves. Is like yeah. sending a message saying, okay, we're going to attack you. Uh, if you don't, you know, do this, this. Oh, but we just got the time zones messed up. Whatever. On Pearl Harbor, too, how how terrible is it that you have this entire attack that's supposed to maim the American Navy to fight a naval war, and then you only destroy the ships, but not the, you know, the repair stations, not the gas, the fuel tanks. Like, you just focus on only the boats. Makes you think. All right. Noah, you have two more. All right, sweet. To round out my team, I'll take for my third pick that there is a city of gold underneath the Mount Rushmore. Interesting how that slid past the South Dakota boys, but I would just really like to believe that that's the case. And I want to see inside Mount Rushmore, and I don't know, I would just be really delighted if there was a bunch of gold in there, like a city of gold. You just got to climb up uh, George's nose sometime. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I'll do it sometime. I'm kind of busy right now, but I'll get out sometime soon. Um, and then to round out my team, I'm going to go with the ever-elusive furry creature, Bigfoot himself. <laughs> Bigfoot. Yeah. Okay, so, what so what, what's, your, what's your stance on Bigfoot? Oh, he exists for sure. No yeah, doubt. So as as in like as in like a he like there's one Bigfoot or like the species is real. Oh, there are there are multiple Bigfoots. Okay. Have you not forests. seen the Jack Links commercials? Yeah, that's I mean, true. Yeah, yeah. All right. Clear I don't cut. Know if you're saying facts. this. I don't know if you're saying this just to troll or this or what. Clear cut scientific facts. All right, fair, fair. Send, send me that. Send me that. Uh, send me that evidence after the show. I want to. I got. Stuff. I have a couple pictures. They're really blurry, but like I'll send them. To you. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Is it back to me now? I have one more. Yep. Um, all right. I'm gonna do my last one. Is the Vatican supercomputer? Uh, this is this what? one's this one's pretty out there, but. Um, there are some some folks, it may be in the wackier side of things, that think that the Vatican has a computer that has the name of every uh, Protestant and Orthodox Christian in the world, and they're like tracking them. Wow. So, I like. Uh, I mean, like, what would what would the point of that be? Like for people that actually believe that. I don't know. Actually, maybe it is true. Man, I've got so many to pick from. So, okay, yeah. The Vatican supercomputer. I uh, I did just research this, this Pearl Harbor thing. So Japan had a 14-part message that they were going to deliver in two blocks at 1 p.m. Washington, D.C. time, which would be 7.30 Hawaii time. 
Uh, but because the message was 5,000 words long, it was too large to deliver ex at exactly 1 p.m. So the attack started at 748. The message didn't come for like another 30 minutes after. Okay. So, so yes, it did, a, it did a, arrive late. Um, my last one, I got so many to pick from. I've got a list of honorable mentions that I'm going to get to go through. Uh, but I'm going to go with the coronavirus vaccine and just leave it there. All, all theories with it, that it puts a microchip in you. Um, you know, there's that one lady that was took to Twitter right after she got the vaccine and she would like tweet these videos of her having these terrible convulsions. But yet while she was having these convulsions, her camera was completely still as she's holding it and recording it. Um, and then it also came out that she had like some other disease at the same time that caused the convulsions that, but just everything around the COVID vaccine. Uh, you know what? I'm just, I want vaccines too. I want vaccines. I want the lump. The vaccines cause autism, uh, everything. I, I just want everything to do with sure. vaccines. Sure. Okay. All right. So that's okay. Fair. So to, to round out, Jenks has 9-11, Holocaust did not happen. JFK assassination and vaccines. Uh, I don't know if you necessarily stuck to your historical theme with the last one. Hey, COVID um, is historical. You could say anything is historical then. Um, I got Flat Earth, the Denver Airport, Pearl Harbor, and the Vatican supercomputer. Noah's got the moon landing, birds aren't real, Mount Rushmore, City of Gold, and Bigfoot. So what's the conspiracy with Bigfoot? Like, who's trying to hide it and why? Probably Area 51, which is an honorable mention. Well, he's pretty uh, scary. And, like, if you want people to move to America, you don't want people to believe that there's a, a bunch of Bigfoot running around. Like, that would just kind of scare them off. So, huh. some, big, right, so. some big misses for honorable mentions. Uh, the Illuminati was missed. Area 51. Touched on it very tangentially with the Denver yes. airport. Uh, Amelia Earhart, that she didn't actually disappear and she like crash landed somewhere and lived out a life. Uh, See, I, I had, I've never heard that one. So uh, Hitler didn't actually kill himself and he lived in Argentina for the rest of his life. I definitely thought someone would pick that one. There's a belief that Helen Keller didn't actually write the books uh, and that someone else wrote all her books for her or uh, that well, she didn't yeah. even exist. There's a belief that she didn't even exist. Uh, the simulation of the earth that we live in. The conspiracy that there's one person who can be a doctor, astronaut, teacher, tennis coach, plumber, military uh, member, and more. Might be time to cut it off. Uh, teachers, for sure, sleep at school. That one's facts. Uh, that the one's NFL, facts. The NFL script. Um, and also that teachers, all they ever do and think about is teaching. Because with, like when I was a kid and, I, and you went out and like saw one of your teachers like at the store, no, that's just horrifying. Like yeah, teachers, yeah, it's like teachers it's like, don't yeah. live normal lives. You don't um, have the right to a life. Yeah, uh, maybe you're in the a summer. Teacher. Maybe in the summer, that's fine. No, but. not even in the summer. You're at school preparing <laughs> to make my life suck. Before Queen Elizabeth died, there was a uh, conspiracy theory that she had died like two years prior due to COVID because she had never made like a live appearance. Uh, people were thinking that everything she did was pre recorded before she died. Oh my uh, and then they were just releasing them so that she could become the longest reigning queen. And then they'd be like, oh, yeah, she's dead. Uh, so there was that. 
And then also, how the heck does Santa deliver all those presents in one night? Magical reindeer, man. I mean, Rudolph's fast, but he can't be that fast. Okay, think about it. They say when it comes to mysteries like this, usually the simplest explanation is what's going to be most correct. And so what's simpler? Oh, that, that Santa, you know, actually comes and delivers all of these gifts using his magic, like all in one night. Or that all the parents of the world are all in on this, on this yeah. lie, and they're like, "Yeah, like, come on, like, like, think about it for a second. There's yeah. no way all these parents are. Where they get together at some parent summit and just deciding, like, oh, yeah, like, oh, that's no. just, yeah, this isn't no. true, but we're all just gonna pretend it is. Like, yeah, come on, use your you know brain. I, yeah, you know what I think is the most simple. What is that? We should make sure that everybody knows. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is fact. You need to go. You need to follow the bogey train on Instagram. You need to subscribe on YouTube. We're going to have YouTube content coming out soon. Merch drops about to happen. I'm wearing my bogey train hat tonight, actually. Let's go. Uh, you guys can't see it, but it is a bogey train hat. Um, <laughs> and it is a fact that you need to stay off or stay on. You need to stay on this bogey train. Stay off the other bogey train. I just got stuck in a bogey train. Mm-hmm.